When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, how's it going? This is Matt here from Silver Fortune. So today I want to take some time to talk about the supply side of silver, specifically a major mine that has recently recently been shut down in Mexico. Now, my longtime viewers know that here on this channel, I go back and forth a lot between the paper market and the physical market in terms of silver and gold. And the idea behind that is, is that right now the current paradigm is that the paper market or or synthetic silver, synthetic gold, if you want to call it that, is really what drives the price. Now, yeah, there's an element of manipulation to that, but even if there's not, it's it's, it's a paper market that is driving the price of a physical commodity with real supply and demand constraints. And, and my hope is that one day, you know, I'm a big believer that one day the physical market is what will really matter. Now, it might not be you know, as up to date or as uh, uh, responsive to to uh, demand and supply uh, figures as let's say like the crude oil market or the the gasoline uh, market, where each week we're, we're getting new numbers about uh, inventory build or drawdown and production and rig count and et cetera. And you've seen the market always move, and, and market uh, traders are always watching uh, those reports. Now, I don't know if it will ever be quite that up to date in the silver and gold markets but what we have right now is is a market that doesn't really care a whole lot about uh, things like total investment demand total industrial demand or in this case a significant drop off in supply i mean ask yourself in the last week have you seen the price of silver do much of anything i mean it it's gone up it's gone down but but you know the reason for that has been not the supply or demand side of things and yet as we go into this article it's a uh, it's a pretty significant amount of silver demand that is or sorry supply that is coming off the market and and much like the oil market you know the the silver market is silver is a very important commodity very important uh, element for for the world's industry for for modern technology whatever device you're watching or listening this to this on is likely uses silver cars these days use silver in large quantities houses. Uh, and, and and all the different other smart you know smart TVs and the Alexas and 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 the uh, you know on and on and on all these different electronics that we live with today use silver plus all these other products all these other applications for silver it's maybe not as important as fossil fuels but it's certainly up there in terms of some of the most important elements to today's society today's technological society and yet it's a fairly tight market. If you look at the supply and demand numbers each year, uh, as reported by the World Silver Survey, you notice that s- scrap and, and mining supply put together oftentimes barely or don't even meet the total amount of, of demand, meaning there's a deficit. And that deficit is made up by uh, excess you know, silver that's already above ground, people selling their, their bars or coins onto the market or, or other types of stockpiles. That's where the, the excess 
or the, the difference is made up from. I mean, can you imagine if that was the case for oil year after year where there's constant strategic drawdowns and there's constant uh, 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 reduction of, of these stockpiles of oil in order to satisfy demand? You'd see the price go up significantly, and yet that's not the case for silver. So getting into this article here, this is already almost a week old, but this is from Reuters. Uh, as you can see the title, Newmont Gold, Gold Corp to suspend uh, Penasquito operations in Mexico due to blockade. So uh, real quick, I, I would like to redirect you guys real quickly, if, if you want more information on this, to srsrockreport.com. He recently wrote up an article on this. And as you can see here, the, to put some numbers to this, we're talking about a silver producer. Now, it's not a primary silver producer. It actually primarily produces gold, to my knowledge. But it is the second largest silver producer in Mexico. We're talking about north of 18 million ounces in 2018. That's a pretty sizable chunk of the total amount coming onto the market each year. So, again, to put that in perspective, I mean, what does you know, 18 million ounces mean to, to us? Basically, what that means is, is we're talking about uh, you know almost 2% of the total supply Total silver supply coming out to the market comes from this one mine. Two percent. Right? That needs to be made up somehow. Either other miners somehow increase production at these very uneconomic levels for, for many of these mines, or it's gonna be another story of, of drawing down of physical reserves, whatever that might entail. Now the reason for this is kind of a running theme for, for people that have been kind of paying attention to mines as a whole. In, I'd say Latin America. It's it's most likely not specific to just Latin America, Central and South America. It's it's likely a worldwide problem in a lot of of maybe uh, smaller, not smaller, but but less uh less wealthy countries, less well off countries. Uh, but basically, the the story here again, as reported by by uh, Steve Saint Angelo from the SRS Rock Report, is that basically uh, the big thing here was that the local population was concerned or upset about this mine's excessive water usage. And again, if you go to his article, he shows that, yeah, it really was uh, excessive. This is a lot of water that they're using to uh, produce this this silver and, and bring it out of the ground in addition to their gold and whatever else. A lot of silver, a lot of water that's used there. And, and I think the local people saw it as... Uh, a breach of trust, right? Not not un unlike how uh, is this article. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Reports um, last year there were some concerns about uh, Gold Corp not uh, hiring local workers and they had to resolve that. That was in 2018 or 2017. Um, and now it's this, this water issue as well as some issues around a trucking contractor. Now, will this get resolved quickly? I mean, I'm sure Gold Corp. Uh, Newmont Gold Corp is is wanting that to happen, but you know if I can draw your attention to a uh, a different article here. This is actually again from from uh, an old one from from Steve San Angelo um, in regards to the Escobar mine in Guatemala. This is actually at the time was I think the second largest 
primary silver miner in the world. Now, considerably smaller, if I recall, uh, or pretty similar in terms of production to this one that we're talking about here. Now, he actually shows the production somewhere here. So 21.2 million ounces, so actually greater than the Penasquito mine. Uh, but that was taken offline in, in the middle of 2017. It's still offline today, even after being bought by a different corporation. Now we're talking about another 18 plus million ounces being taken off the market, in addition to the gold supply that's been taken off the market, which is uh, not un insignificant either. So, I mean, the, the story here is that, once again, we have a paper market, synthetic market, that, that is not paying attention to these physical supply and demand uh, aspects of, of the market. Uh, if this had occurred in, in the oil market, you'd see the price go up considerably, right? I mean, this would, this would not be akin to, I don't know, Saudi Arabia shutting down production altogether. It's, it's not that major. But imagine if a major country did go offline in terms of their production, their contribution to the total amount of oil, you know, coming onto the market. You know, it, I don't know the exact numbers, but th but this would be a pretty significant oil field or a pretty significant country oil producer cutting or, or seizing production of oil. Yet we're not seeing any reaction in the price of silver. With that being said, this, you know, going forward, this is going to continue to put pressure on the physical market for silver. Right. Where are, are those that, that were sourcing their silver from this mine and from this corporation going to get their silver from? They got to get it from somewhere else. And, and ultimately, I think when we get the numbers for the end of the year for 2019, uh, you're going to see it. This is just going to lead to a larger drawdown in above ground physical reserves. I mean, that's kind of been the, the story for, for many years now that, that the overall deficit is persistent. It continues to be there, you know, not year after year, not every single year, but as a whole, it's a deficit and that silver has to come from somewhere. And there's only so much silver above ground. Now, I mean, yeah, there'll be some people that come out here and say, like, there's a lot of silver, whatever, whatever that means that that, uh, you know, the numbers quoted are more than enough to satisfy this type of demand to put in perspective uh, above ground silver, you know, the upward estimate of it, I would place at maybe 10 billion ounces of identifiable uh, bullion-grade silver, right? Coins and bars. An upward estimate, probably much less than that. And and once we do bring it down, you know, it's it's in the ballpark of, of gold, above-ground investable gold, invest, identifiable investment version of gold, coins and bars. Maybe not a one-to-one -one ratio. There's, I would guess, some people would disagree, but probably more silver than there is gold above ground but it's nowhere near what the price is right we're, we're looking at 80 like 85 to 1 price ratio we're talking about a maybe 2 to 1 1.5 to 1 ratio between silver and gold in terms of how much above ground physical silver and gold there are and i'm not making the argument that just because uh, that's what the ratio is that the price should reflect that ratio but you know in current in its current form it's a very small market the silver market very sensitive to large amounts of demand, especially investment demand. And this only compounds that problem. And, and I wouldn't be surprised if, if, like I said, this is a theme. This is already a bit of a theme. And this is, if this is a theme going forward, that we have these silver mines or other mines in general uh, having to cease production because of worries from, from local governments. Because, you know, oftentimes these, these corporations... 
uh, will move into poorer communities, poorer areas of the country uh, with a promise of jobs and prosperity. And, you know, the end result is is maybe some economic or sorry, environmental concerns, um, a, a city that that was built to house a mine's worth of people. And then eventually the mine closes. I mean, I've seen it, you know, where I live uh, up in northern Minnesota, north of where I live, there's what some people call the Iron Range. It's, I think, maybe the largest uh, iron deposits in the United States, maybe even in North America. And, you know, for, for many, many decades, going back to, to the 1900s, maybe even before that, it was mined heavily for, for iron ore and then and then taconite. And yet today, I mean, yes, there are some iron mines still in place, but a lot of them are, are dead. I mean, they're, they're not functioning anymore. And you have what used to be, you know, bustling economies that were built around these mines or mining communities. And today, you know, there's a couple that still exist, but a lot of them are much smaller towns and they've had to, to adapt. Um, it's not so easy, I think, for some of these communities to adapt. And I don't think that the regulations there and, and, and how the, the land or the, the town is treated is not as maybe fairly as, as maybe some of these domestic corporations here in northern Minnesota. So... You know, going forward, I mean, we see it. Uh, this was in a uh, in Brazil not not so long ago. We had a major uh, uh, dam collapse in Brazil. With it was quite the catastrophe, um, and that was related to mining in Brazil. In that case, I think it was iron mining or maybe copper mining. I'm not sure. Uh, but but you know, going forward, this I think this is going to be a theme. We already see it in the United States increased regulation around things like mining here in the United States. In fact, there's a there's a company again in northern Minnesota that wants to open the first uh, copper sulfide mine in in Minnesota. You know, other than that, it's mostly been iron. Um, I think in the past there was a small gold mine or two or, or something along those lines, but mostly iron that we've been talking about. And they want to open up a, a copper sulfide mine along with uh, I think they're gonna be planning like nickel and and maybe some other. Uh, uh, platinum group metals and maybe some other metals like that. Uh, but the regulations, I mean, this is a, a years long, multiple years to, to jump through these loop, these hoops to, to uh, comply with the regulations. And even then, it's not a sure thing that it's even going to go through because people are worried about the environment. And I think more and more you're going to see that in countries like Guatemala or Mexico or Central America, Africa, uh, Asia and, and others. So something to watch for in the future. Uh, certainly bullish for silver once these markets kind of catch up and get the memo that, hey, the physical market is, is all of a sudden a lot tighter. We'll see how long this one goes on. You know, I gave the example of the Escobar mine that, I mean, that's been ongoing for, for almost two years now. This one could be over within a week, but it could be over in a year. It could be over in two years. We'll We'll see here. So Something to pay attention to, and perhaps I'll give you guys an update in the future if I uh, catch wind of more developments or if I think it's worth reporting on. But but as always, if you enjoy these types of videos, uh, if you enjoy my my attempts to relate these types of news items to the broader market space and, and why this matters, let me know down below in the comment section. As always, again, I'd like to thank you guys from the bottom of my heart for watching this video, listening to this podcast, and God bless.